Welcome on. Thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast. Podcast focusing all things pro soccer in the DMV and across the U.S. My name is Jose Omaña, sports writer for the Sports Pulse, and joining me as always, Mario Maya from Tiempo Latino. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. We're almost there. We're almost at the hump. We're almost at that special time of year, the start of the MLS season. Yep, and that's why we're back uh, after a two-week-long break, a long little vacation. A lot of news has broken with DC United, and that's where we're going to start. Season begins this upcoming Saturday, February 26th, against Expansion Side, Charlotte FC. Match starts at 6 p.m. at Audi Field. Mario, you know, we'll get more into the details in a second, but, you know, what are your thoughts on what has happened so far in preseason, the pickups, and... What are you hoping to see starting this Saturday at Audi Field? Uh, I mean, my thoughts were just the pickups itself. It was pretty. It's been a pretty quiet off season for the for the most part of your DC United. Not a lot has happened. I know things picked up really fast. Now heading towards the end of it, and just pretty much wanting to see what the end, what the end product will look like with the new with some of the new additions. Some of the players that have been out from Loudon, and just to see how I'm just intrigued to see how it all comes together with such probably a little bit of a shortened preseason, and just to see what kind of uh, shape the team's going to come in into the season. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to how the team is going to acclimate with the shortened preseason as well, being that uh, we had heard from multiple reports, and then Hernan Losada confirmed to Grant Wall on his podcast that the players receive, you know, heart monitors and and basically stepometers and training out gear to take with them wherever they went. And basically the club was monitoring their health from afar while the players separated in the offseason. The Michael Estrada pickup, which happened uh, right before, our, happened right after we went on our break. Um, striker playing from uh, Liga Mekis and coming up. You know, Hernando Sala mentioned him specifically in that podcast about being underutilized. And I think um, he's shown well, especially against the Galaxy, uh, reading all the reports because the game was uh, geo-blocked for us to be watching it. But based on all reports, you know, he got a goal. Him and Birnbaum got a goal in the 2-2 tie against the Galaxy. And if Hernan is really serious about this guy is very underrated, underutilized. This, that, it's a good sign that you and the rest of the front office have really identified talent. And I'm intrigued to see how he grows as a player. I'm also, you know, I'm with everybody. I'm waiting for Taxi to arrive. Still being reported that more than likely he's going to come during the summer. And the team is still trying to either get a third DP or get or find a solution with Ola Kamara. So while I'm focused a lot on the front side of it, I am kind of intrigued on the defensive side after reading Stephen Goss' report about the game in L.A., reading that for the whole pre, uh, preseason, Losada has been pretty steady with, you know, Birnbaum and Nahar. Birnbaum specifically I'm stunned by uh, handling the flanks while... Brendan Hines with Brendan Hines Ike in the center and then Gressel and Brad Smith and the wingbacks. Like I'm interested to see, well, we're going to see Gressel as a wingback. Okay. 
Brad Smith, okay, we, we got something for him to do since he's been brought over. And the back three is Nahar, Birnbaum, and and Brendan Heinzeit. So I'm glad that we're sticking with the three-back formation. There have been rumors about possible tinkering for a two-man forward line and where that subtraction was going to come from. The fact that we're going to see Gressel, which you had mentioned last season, to play him more on the wings, like, we're going to maybe see that this season because of Joseph Moore's departure. So it, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to see the pieces come together, and it's actually good that they're going to play an expansion side where we'll, we'll be able to see his the style that Hernan wants more evident with a team that's going to be more defensive and less progressive with the ball than we expect. Right, especially considering that you're going to be playing with Brandon Heinzeich, Andy Nahar, and, and Steve Birnbaum playing more of that uh, center back role. Kind of find it interesting that Julian Gressel and Brad Smith are going to be playing on the wings, especially considering that I've been saying Julian Gressel is a much more box-to-box midfielder. Guy that, that is something that he did in Atlanta, but he's been more, more used to playing on the wings, so that kind of makes sense a little bit. And also, given that you're going to be playing Charlotte, you're going to be playing Joseph Mora before uh, playing Joseph Mora and Jordy Reyna, two former DC United players, you get you get this chance to like kind of test out what your what what your lineup's going to look like. But I'm glad that he's sticking to to the same center to the same center back pairing that I'm guessing he wanted to have. Prior to the se- prior at some point the last season with Steve Birnbaum and Brandon Heinzike, even though I'm more convinced he wanted to play with Donovan Pines as a center back instead, and just keeping Andy Nohar in that similar role that he played last season. So I think it'll work out for the most part when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. I feel like you need to get a little more reinforce. I feel like a little more reinforcements would probably be needed at some stretch during the season. Yeah, and I think, you know, to that effect, I think one of the key areas of they'll, they'll need to reinforce is the center defensive midfielder roles. You have Knauss and Moses Nyman, which are likely going to be the pairing in the midfield of that 4-3-3. I mean, that 3-4-3, uh, three, three, if Hernan's going to implement that again. Um, you're going to have, you know, Moses is 18. He's going to bury shoulder most of the load. And so it, you don't want to, you know, we, again, it goes back to last season, what we saw Hernan do um, with the now departed Kevin Paredes, uh, where at first he, he slowly integrated him, put him 50 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 minutes. And then slowly but surely, we got to see Kevin play 90 minute games, even though some would argue he shouldn't have played some of those 90 minute games, but it became good for his development. I think, you know, I'm going to just speak for what we've seen online. Moses has gotten a lot of attention from abroad because of his play with the with DC United's Academy. He's seen as a raw, rich talent, could be a future USMT player or, or in, a, in a nice pickup for any European side. He's got to show it this year. This is year three, and so he's really gonna he's gonna put a stamp on it. There is no Joseph Moore to compete against him. There's currently no Adrian Perez right now. Is he had got an injury, 
So he's going to be the one taking the control in the center of the midfield. So we saw some good things throughout the season last year, but he was no factor at all towards the final stretch. So um, just to give some cover in case of injury or concerns about Moses' acclimation, uh, I really do think the team's going to have to add one more center midfielder, defensive midfielder style player. Um, I think the wingers are going to be interesting um, with what they're doing, like, you know, just basing off what we've seen with this game in particular against the Galaxy. We saw Jackson Hopkins, who's an academy player, come in and play basically outside of Drew Scundridge. Nobody in the attacking third was here last season. <laughs> so it's, it, it, it's bare watching what United plans to do, not just – on the offensive side for substitutions, but also seeing what they plan to do um, with who are they sending to Loughton this season. It really will give us a more clear understanding of what the roster is going to look like. Hopefully we get that announcement this week. Uh, I am intrigued in just seeing who they send over and who they see as a squad player that that can be a great reserve. It will be that second off the bench that can provide more more within play. But obviously the Ola Kamar situation needs to be resolved in my opinion this week. And if they can't get a deal done, you know, Ola Kamar hasn't even been able to play during the off season due to COVID restrictions and injury. So you so what's the deal here? Is he even gonna be able to play at Audi Field? Last we know everybody's been vaccinated for, according to last year. So well, I, w- I hope Ola's okay, but question is will he even be able to play opening day he hasn't played all all preseason so that'll be something to keep in mind when playing against this uh the charlotte team right i think one of the things uh now going back to drew scunridge he could also be that like like that small like like more of that temporary solution as a third central defensive midfielder but I feel like Drew Scunridge is going to be more of that, like a Swiss utility knife, Swiss knife kind of a midfielder. You're going to play him where needed. So it either be the center, center midfield, center defensive midfield, playing out of the wings. He's he demonstrated last season that he could play in several different positions in the midfield. So that shouldn't be much of an issue. So he'd be more of your utility midfield going into this season. I think it's time to bring out the same thing I've said the last two seasons. Edison Flores out in the wing, baby. Edison Flores playing out in the as one of your wingers. He's demonstrated in Mexico that he could play on the wing. And the Peruvian national team uses more as a winger, and he's a lot more effective. Now, with what else, with what other situa- uh, concerns you may have in the midfield, it may be a little, it may be a more of a wait and see kind of a thing when it comes to Tiranon Losada and all this other stuff come going into the start of the season. But I think it's also another uh, area of, uh, of concern where you need to kind of reinforce as the season progresses. Uh, and so that, that for me would be more of one of those things you're going to address early. And it's going to be something that may be tested out that other teams may test out would just be the midfield depth. So it's a lot of young players that really weren't here last season and people that and players that are going to be te- that are going to be tested in ways they weren't tested a year before, like Moses Nyman. 
on muscle canals clearly has done this before numerous times. So all in all, I think the midfield will be just one of those things that you kind of watch out for when it comes to United. Don't forget, Griffin Yao got some good minutes last night against the Galaxy. So he's going to be seen as an extra attacker that may get significant minutes, uh, if, especially if Adrian Perez is out for longer than what's originally scheduled. Um, you know, what to expect against Charlotte. You know, this is a team, obviously, is expansion side, but it has Jordy Reyna, who's lethal in speed, that will, knows this team, obviously. So so that's something to worry about if you're DC United, a guy again with speed going against Birnbaum, who's been on weaker legs, and Brendan Heinzeich, who's coming back from an injury. Uh, do you do what you did with Andy and make him a one-on-one with um, Jordy. That may be something we'll see. We've seen Hernan and Andy himself just implement that role for themselves um, throughout last season. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is just the unknown players that they're bringing in in Charlotte and how they've struggled with different playing styles. There's that meme going around of the coach saying we're effed in Spanish um, because he believes that the preseason is too short. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. He got hired a year ago, so sure. Yeah, um, he got he got hired before this regular season ended. Exactly. So he's had time. <laughs> but the, the key will be the Polish international, uh, Carol Swardinski. Swardinski who's coming over from Greece. Um, guy can pack in some goals. He's looking to be their target number nine. And if you have him and Jordy playing together, that seems to be what Hernan wanted Jordy for, was to play off the target striker. That's Jordy's best role. So if these two are connecting well, I think that could be a problem for DC Knight's defense if Brandon Heinzeich is not fully healthy, if... Birnbaum gets flat-footed, and if Andy loses a, a track meet with with Jordy, so that's the key problem. Obviously, Charlotte is an expansion side; they're still trying to get their bearings together. But when I listen to a coach saying that we need more time, we need no time, that means it's a team that's not fully acclimated, and DC United can probably take advantage with its preparation, take advantage with its knowledge of the system and the fact that while you said too and i've been getting feedback from fans as well that they have had a quiet off season sometimes the quiet off season is the best off season because you get the majority of your players back and you make one or two three key additions that can hold you off until you can bring in more so i think for this particular match they see dc united's experience with the style play not many additions needing to be added on and they're more defensively solid being key reasons why they could come away with a victory in their first match this season yeah and also not don't forget uh there may be a possibility that charlotte's biggest signing christian fuchs who played for uh who played for leicester may not be available for this game and so, yeah, that would be something that you kind of count on. And it's going to be a team that's going to go through a lot of the 
expansion growing pains, if you will. So th this should be a pretty winnable match for DC United. And also picking back on the whole Kamara situation, I think Michael Estrada gets a start if Ola Kamara isn't ready to play on on Saturday. Yeah, well, we'd heard some whispers in the background, or at least you had heard um, whispers in the background that maybe his paperwork may not be ready. But coming into Sunday, he had been training with the team for the past couple of days. He looks fit. Obviously, he was just preparing and had played for a week or two in Mexico for Liga Mekki. So this is a guy that's been in, on form health-wise. Uh, and also, he played for the Ecuadorian national team in the last in the last round of the qualifiers. I also mentioned this earlier. He scored against Edison Flores in Peru the, at for at for mention round of the qualifiers. Right. So we're bearing to keep in mind. I mean, we expect DC to take the result, but something to keep watch uh, this week as we prepare to start the season. Other DC United news and notes: We got a New Jersey. Um, it's basically like one gray stripe down the middle, but very faint. It's black. It's a black kit. But the thing that everyone seems to notice uh, are three things. One, the extra red on the sleeve, which, okay, cool. Two, you can't get that extra red s sleeve part and patches if you get the replica jersey. All right. And, <laughs> three, the and three, all our sponsors are missing. We knew that. We were going to, there was Lido's last year with DC United last season. We knew that the Caesars Palace uh, sponsorship was coming down off the sleeve. Um, so it was just who's going to be the new sponsor. And then we got a nice notice right before the jersey reveal that the new front of the shirt sponsor will be revealed Tuesday. Uh, and any fans that purchase their jersey between Tuesday and Friday at the team store or the club shop, as they call it, over at Audi Field, will get two free tickets to the match of their choice in April or May, courtesy of the new sponsor. Um, one, what do you think of the jersey? <laughs> and two, uh, we don't have to guess what the new sponsor is. It's, we don't. It's it's largely been a secret, but through various reporting it's likely to be a cryptocurrency but we won't we don't know anything it's, we'll stay away from that speculation i guess because of the tuesday's announcement but you know what are your thoughts on the new jersey and i guess what the sponsor is doing with this ticket giveaway i guess yeah my thoughts on the new jersey it's it's all right it's a it's a black jersey well, i mean again it's nothing to write home about i am a little interested on the a little more red on the sleeve. I did like the video presentation of how they presented the jersey on Friday. I thought that was pretty cool. It encapsulated pre pretty much a good por a a lot of like culture and everything that DC is about in some way. So other uh, I can't say I'm a big fan of the jersey, but also it's a black it's your typical black jersey. So it's fine in my book. Uh, with the sponsors and the free ticket giveaway, I thought that's pr I think that's pretty cool. You know, it's like what you call getting your name out there as a brand. Uh, so all in all, I, I think I'm fine with the ticket giveaway. 
And for a new sponsor, if we were to speculate, yeah, it's going to be a, it's pretty much looking like it's going to be a crypto that's going to be the, uh, the new ticket sponsor. Or, sorry, Jersey sponsor. I don't know why I got ticket <laughs> Jersey confused there for a second. But, yeah, all in all, I think, I think the Jersey's all right. So we'll just have to wait and see what the, what the Jersey sponsor is going to be. Yeah, I think when, I think this is going to be the very first major Jersey sponsor since leaving RFK. I mean, no disrespect to Lidos, but they had that one shirt where they were already a sponsor before they left RFK. They had the white, the white kit where it was like the faded uh, stripes down white and red. Um, so I think when you don't have something like the 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 VW Garage, you, there's nothing that the sponsor could do to like really show, you know, that symbiotic relationship that a lot of sponsors. You know, I do. feel like Lidos had a missed opportunity after Volkswagen left as the as the Jersey sponsor <laughs> to like make the VW Garage into like the Lidos garage where you just had a tank and you could just mess around with it for a little bit. Just bring random weapons. Into the yes. Stadium, of course. Yeah. I mean, I do think had they had like the WWE Rusev tank, it would have been hilarious. You know, That'd like, be great. <laughs> like, you, know, you just imagine like every goal, somebody's going to go into the tank and just like, just like grab like a bullhorn or something and start playing the alarm for the goal. Right. Exactly. Or, or, you know, because DC United is like the Wizards where they don't really associate with the military unless it's like a military game, like a military appreciation day. Um, so it would have been funnier to like have like real military people look at this fake tank <laughs> sponsored by Lido's. And then suddenly, like, somebody comes up the hatch and goes, here, here's a free T-shirt. Like, it would have been. <laughs> like, that's like, where you'd be. I, actually, that's where you'd be launching T-shirts during halftime. Just from the t- open up the hatch of the tank and just start la- launching them suckers from, like, from the from the tank or the garage. But, yeah, I think I think this is the first one. So for for whoever the new sponsor is, they want to, you know, they want good fan reaction. So. And even if it's a crypto, I think this is more evidence that DC United got their money first. Uh, we've heard a lot of schemes with these cryptos <laughs> that, that they haven't gotten their money's worth. Uh, or there have been a lot of scams that people go to jail for. So just assuring that you got your money all right away by sh- giving out free tickets. That tells me the club already got some money I back out the deal. Um I don't care who the sponsor is. I don't have any. This is soccer. There are terrible people that sponsor soccer clubs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> me me picking a fight, it's not going to matter because at the end of the day, does the club get money for it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't it really is what it me. is in that, in that regard. I mean, if you really want me to go on a, off the wall, like, who could be the sponsor for it? Joking around, I would have said Giant. I, that's too low. Uh, giant, the DC <laughs> has been rumored to try and get at least three to five. I remember when we were talking about, you know, what's the record? I think it still is a Volkswagen with their long-term deal with United. Originally, it was like $7 million or $5 million a year. I had heard um, prior to 
Lido's re-upping. That's what DC was looking for um, for this new partnership. So we could we could be seeing that. I wouldn't be surprised to seeing Audi just adding itself again. Wouldn't be surprised at that either. I'm just saying. At I this mean, point, go full circle. Why not become the sponsor? You're already the spot. You're already the sponsoring name on the on the field they play in. So I you just, know. the only reason I bring it up is. This had to have been the last minute because the jersey reveal happened Friday because MLS is weird. It refused, I'm guessing, <laughs> it refused to let DC United wait for the sponsor to be signed. So DC United was the second to last or the one of the last clubs to reveal its new kit and obviously had players without the sponsor modeling and putting photos all over the place now obviously i believe they would have the new kit with the with the players on it but it just seems so mls to not even wait till the deal is done and say you need to get this out for jersey week like they couldn't wait till monday like or tuesday (laughs) the announcement like why i mean atlanta came out with their jersey i think today or yesterday so yeah, so it's like, well, no, it's not like you're like, oh, how di- no, you need to have no, you could have waited for an extra an extra day or so. Right, it wasn't like it was gonna make a difference. The team had already done the video with the new kit without the sponsor, so you release it with the sponsor. You you could keep the video, but have the players in the kit with this new sponsor on it, I guess. You know, I give the spirit credit. They, they did a, they did a jersey reveal without the sponsor, and then when they got the sponsor, they went back and took more photos. And it was like, you could have waited, baby. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to help y'all save money and time. But regardless of who the sponsor is, I think trying to find ways to get goodwill with the fans. This is one of those things that I'm I'm good with. You know, Volkswagen did the best out of. The two we've already had, uh, I guess three if you count Caesars, which I don't know what they did besides give the club money. I don't really know. <laughs> I think that's all they did was give the club money. Like, right, honestly, right. There, was, there wasn't like, you know, hey, listen, you bet with Caesars, we'll give you free tickets to a game this season. Right. It was it was. It was just fine. They needed money during COVID, which helped out. But uh for example, Lido's, you know, their employees got big discounts at the games. The Lido's had like a free towel giveaway. They were they had free shirts for fans. You know, they were very out there. And I think when it comes to MLS, it's there's studies out there. It's, the MLS fans tend to be the most engaged with the sponsor. Like if you sponsor us, our club, we'll we'll go get your product. So I'm weird. I'm concerned if it's a crypto, but whoever the sponsor is, you're getting a fan base that is willing to buy. I remember when Volkswagen came in and they bought in. Uh, basically, if you had a Volkswagen car, you were the first 100 cars with a Volkswagen at Gate C, I think, near the gate. No, Gate F, parking lot C. And so if you got there, you're one of the first Volkswagen cars, you got free parking. I remember that first game, everybody, I didn't even know had Volkswagens, but they bought them just because they knew they could get free parking. Like, it was insane. 
Enzo, that's why I'm saying brand loyalty. So whoever is the sponsor giving out free tickets, doing other things in the community, you're going to get brand loyalty from fans of this club. And it's been shown years ago, and it will continue to show if you continue to do things like this. Right. Also, if you remember Gate F and at the RFK days, that's not a tear running down your die. That's just nostalgia altogether. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, you do earn some goodwill if you're a sponsor on the jersey from this fan base because they'll be willing to engage with you and buy the jersey even more, no matter who the sponsor is, to be honest with you. But I only welcome the sponsor because that means that all the kits from last year are going to be cheap as heck. So that's oh, why. Absolutely. <laughs> so you will see me at the team store buying the older kit. But I digress. <laughs> uh, moving on to other soccer notes. We didn't touch on this before we went on break, but it happened right as we went on break. Trinity Rodman signs a four-year extension after her rookie deal wasn't even set to expire, but she signs a four-year extension reportedly for $1.1 million. It comes after the league and its players signed the first ever CBA in women's soccer history. Um, Just quickly, Robin had just finished her rookie season, becoming the rookie of the year, was the number two overall pick in the 2021 draft, and had an excellent season capped off with giving the game-winning cross to... Kelly O'Hara into leading the Spirit to their first ever championship. Mario, your thoughts on this extension and like what does this mean for not just women's soccer but the Spirit giving Trinity Rodman $1 million for four years? First off, get paid. She got <laughs> paid. For a rookie, a million dollars, that's a pretty good extension and extra chunk of change like she is no longer a million dollars short of being a millionaire that is for sure uh this would be just like rewarding if you like if you have a really good season you'll be uh, like rewarded of sorts kind of more like a precedent of like like you're probably going to be guaranteed to get more money now now with with this new with the new extension that trinity rodman got well, let's like dissect it. So she's guaranteed to make within these four years one point one million. Are you trying to say, well, the new CBA, everybody's well, let's just talk it out now. With the new CBA, everybody's money's going up like fifty percent. Everybody's getting a pay increase. So, Rodman was the. I guess the better question is, did the spirit need to do this now, knowing that she was still on her rookie deal? Was it better to do this now? Like, I know she's represented by the people, obviously. We know who her father is, which probably was helpful in bringing in probably a better agent um, into the negotiations. But was this necessary to do now? I would argue right now, you're with the wages is going up high, maybe you are better off keeping her one more year in that rookie scale so that you can bring in more players. And, but maybe you just trust her so much and your fear of losing her. We we, we, think, we see Sam Ewis, for example, playing in Europe. We've seen Alex Morgan play some matches in Europe. And we've seen Tobin Heath go to Europe. Maybe she, they were fearful of losing her for Europe. I don't know. Um, but I'm not mad for her gaining her bag. I'm just wondering if the club thought this one through. 
in trying to please their young athlete who became rookie of the year, they ultimately made the decision, well, we want to keep her long term. We're going to pay her the biggest contract ever in league history. We're going to put her down and solidify her as a mainstay on this roster. Like, was that more important than probably picking up a good pieces? Maybe, but I guess it all depends on what you see. Yeah, that may be part of the reason was just the fear of lo- losing her to Europe after having after becoming rookie of the year was just to like keep her long term and paying her a good amount. But I agree, maybe you should have waited this out a year longer. But at the same time, I just feel like the spirit were like, well, strike while the iron is hot and just give her give her this extension, g- given the kind of season that she's had that she had and currently her being part of the national team for the She Believes Cup. So with their with their thinking was, all right, let's get let's give her this money now and not and avoid if she has better seasons going down the line, avoid going to the hassle of trying to negotiate a bigger contract and possibly not have not lose her to Europe so early. It's fine if you disagree with me. Uh, I just I look at it as the perspective of you know, we've seen the CBA stuff in MLS, and this one, the spirit, the, the players really did get a lot. They got limited free agency. They got they got more money, and what helped was the negative atmosphere that came out of all the can- the, the controversies over the past season. So that probably did help in getting a lot more than what they probably would have gotten before. But in this case. It's her first season, and I worry that her expectations are going to be sky high because we're sports fans. We know this. People are always going to say, well, you're the million-dollar star now. She can't, and and she's, she's going to be expected to perform. She's going to be expected to provide more assists, provide more goals, to live up to the contract. And we've seen a lot of players, Mallory Fuse, one example, when you get that attention – can you live up to it? And not everybody can live up to that standard. So I do think she deserves the contract, but from the team's perspective and just her perspective is like a mental, I feel like you're putting too much on her now to perform. And we only have one season of evidence that, you know, she was getting run down and it took really a COVID scare, COVID suspensions, and a month off for her to get back to full fitness for that playoff run. So we just saw in the friendly today, well, not the friendly, but she bleeds cup. She took a hard tackle and was already in pain and needed to be subbed out when she came in as a sub. So it it's one of those things where you want to be careful on how you do these contracts if you need to. If you need to do it, fine, go for it. Solidify her bag at the same time, making sure she's on the roster for years to come. But if she was on a rookie stage, like we see it with the NFL, if you see you have a player on a decent contract, don't negotiate unless you need to. We don't know if she was being scouted by Europe. We don't know if she got other looks by other NWSL teams. But we what we do know is that she was the rookie of the year last year, and she performed well. She performed excellently. 
but it was a manageable contract for the club. Did they really need to do this? I don't think so. I'm guessing just in the perspective of this was it was a really good rookie year. I don't believe they had to do this either, but at the same time, I'm looking at it going, all right, understandable. But you're also putting a lot of pressure on her at, with with giving her this extension and just – What I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so essentially just piggybacking what you said, you're putting a lot of pressure on her and a lot of expectation. What happens if she – and God forbid she, she falters under the pressure? Where do you go from here? especially giving her that such an extension and not, and then you're probably kind of jeopardizing a little bit in maybe getting a replacement or getting, getting more rookie talent and paying some of your players. Where, where does the, where, where do you have, where, where is the underlying lining of all this kind of go forward? Just so happens if it doesn't pan out once you give her the extension. Well, I guess you can argue the spirit has been really good at recruiting and been really good at the draft and and have been very good at finding players that, you know, other teams don't look at. Sam Staub is probably a good example of so a draft pick, um, a little defensive player that no one had very much lightly rated, played a little bit in Australia. But it was a draft pick for the Spirit. Gets thrusted in this season as a starter. We hadn't seen much of Staub. We've seen our bits and pieces here and there. And it ends up becoming a defensive star worth getting consideration for the national team. And so you have that example. You have Aubrey Bledsoe that, um, going by another name, so I apologize. We're not remembering right now. But, you know, she had a... She had a great seasons leading up to this eventual our second goalkeeper of the year award. So Spirit have raised talent and can do that. Uh, probably is different now under Chris Ward versus Richie Burke, but you know I think the brain trust that the Spirit when it comes to drafting and looking for players remains to be the same and. We'll and we'll continue to find good talent. I think I'm fine with her getting her back. I don't want nobody listening to this to get it wrong. I just look at it as, did the club need to do this right away? Was there something that we don't know about in terms of like her rookie deal? Did it did it expire after year one? I remember clearly after Ashley Sanchez's first rookie deal, the Spirit announced, oh, we signed a new deal with her. I was like, so was the rookie contract a one-year deal? <laughs> so maybe, maybe what would help if we got more information about the contracts with the rookies, and if they're all one-year deals, then this makes total sense. Like she was due for a pay grade, but I don't think it was a one-year deal because it was clearly in the press release saying a contract extension. Meaning they probably had one or two more years with the original contract. And I'm just saying, when you know, money talks. If you don't have to spend money on that player and you can bring in two more stars or bring in one more star and, and, and bring in somebody to help in the midfield and bring off pressure from uh, Sullivan, 
you probably could have done it. But instead, now you're putting all your chips into the ramen basket. And I just hope it works. I believe it will work. The team is set up to succeed for deck for a full. I think we're going to enter a, a a dynasty with the Spirit Team because they're set up to succeed with and without their stars. But you gotta make sure she stays healthy, and you gotta make sure this is worth your investment. That's all I'm saying. Right. Uh, for Aubrey Bledsoe, it's now Kingsbury. By the way, there you go. But just to fit, just to finish, I think it's just. I think it's more or less just this blind confidence that the spirit has that they were like, all right, she's worth giving her, giving this extension. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying, A, we can disagree. And B, it makes for a better podcast. And B, um, don't spend if you don't need to. It's like it's like when your parent tells you, here's $5. Doesn't mean I'm giving it to you to spend it all in one place. You know what I'm saying? So if, if all you need is this, the one Snicker bar that's a dollar, you can save the other four. Doesn't mean you can just spend it all on five Snickers. So that's what I'm saying. Did they really need to spend this money? Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just thinking too much in sports logic, and maybe it was just, she earned it. Let's give it to her. But maybe I'm right. I think, I think the original thought I had was, this is going to set a precedent for younger players. Like, if you're going to... If you're going to have a really good season like Trinity Rodman had, for example, you're going to be due for a bigger pay grade. Not necessarily a million dollars per se, but let's say like a substantial amount. No, that, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And maybe one of the reasons why she was able to get the big contract is that the ownership problem is over. Michelle King. Thank God. <laughs> in an official press release uh, about a week ago, it was announced that why Michelle Kang is going to become the full and controlling owner of the spirit. She is going to bring, quote, a local. She's going to, with other managing partners, bring more local and f- female-led ownership group than the previous ones were, quote, I can't wait to work with the talent, our talented and resilient players and staff, uh, Kang said, unquote, uh, in the press release announcement. This ends a five-month-long battle for control of the team with previous owners, Bill Lynch and Steve Baldwin. Need I remind you that in the when Baldwin pledged, he, when he bought the team originally, he pledged back in 2019. He'd be if he sold any don't any profits made to the sale would be donated. The Maryland Soccer Foundation. The Athletic has reported that Maryland Soccer Foundation will not make that public if a donation is made. But so far, nothing has been confirmed that a donation has been made. We'll keep an eye on that. But Mario, what are your thoughts that this ownership thing is done and dusted? Finally, we can move on to soccer. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that, that's my first impression of all of it. I'm glad they were able to resolve it. Me, because I just assumed this would take forever. I thought this would go until the start of the season or well beyond that. Thank God they were able to resolve it quickly and in a much more civil manner than it was go- than it was led on to be going to to begin with. 
Yeah, civil manners one mild way of putting it. <laughs> mild but, way. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it was civil at the end. So I'm just glad the hot potato, the ownership hot potatoes over. And now you get much more of a sense of stability with the still with a spirit ownership. Yeah, sense of stability is where I look at it, you know. Uh, hearing the players talk about it after, well, the players that remained that didn't have international duty that remained in preseason talk about it, you know. Terry McCown called it just a relief. Like, you know, that just tells you, you know, that for players, they were done talking about it. They were done. They wanted to move on, you know. And and Caterina Rodriguez, the Mexican uh, attacker, she mentioned how much she's excited, not just for the changes, but, like, the possible example Kang brings. That was also something I hadn't thought about at first, that she's now essentially, if you think about it, outside of, I guess, Dan Snyder's wife with the Washington Commanders, the only female presence when it comes to ownership of sports teams in the area. So that's a big deal in a, a minority of nor less of Korean American, this Korean American. So I, I'm just happy it's done as well. I'm more happy that the players are happy it's done. One thing that I do want to bring up, um, you know, we wrote. I wrote in my our notes what is needed to be done to regain the players' fans' trust. I think Michelle's done a lot to get the fans' trust. I think for the players, though, and I heard Chris Ward talk about it in his mini press conference, uh, mini press availability, um, is they need a training facility right now. According to Paul Maurer from the Athletic, there is a deal in place verbally that they will be able to train. At the United Training Complex Center, or whatever, they're, whatever they're calling that, that uh, those depot shell over at Loudoun County. Um, <laughs> um, you mean that big old barn outside of Leesburg? <laughs> yeah, that the look, whatever trade look, the inside is super dope, but the outside is a different story. It looks like I'm entering. One of those shady buildings near near the Eastern Market, but I digress. Um, it they get to use that training facility, which is great. Like if that's going to be official soon, I'm happy. Look, they were playing in a high school field, probably one of the best associated with the WCAC in private schools. So you know, it's one of the best fields facilities. But it's a high school. It could be top notch, but people are going to say it's a high school. Uh, they were training in the preseason at the St. James's. The irony that St. James's would have been one of their owners that <laughs> none of this happened, but did they still rebuilt that relationship tells me that the spirit so far are getting close to that st- stable endpoint. But let's be honest here. It won't be 100% unless Michelle could convince DC United they play all their games at Audi Field. Because nobody wants to go to Sagra unless they need to. And part of it could be if in the deal in place, if the new reserve team, women's reserve team that's being rumored for the USL in the future with MLS, if that has any spirit involvement. And if that's the case, then I could totally see 
the second spirit team or DC United women's return or whatever it is. I can see that playing at Cybra and then the main squad playing at Audi. But until then, I think it's just more important to get that training facility done. So that, and I hope that Michelle gets that done first more than anything. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think their own training facility would be great. I mean, instead of, you know, it's nice that they get to train at the United Training Center or whatever it's, or DC United Training Facilities out in Loudoun County. But I think getting their own, their own training facility, getting their own place that they can call their own would be the main, would be one of the main goals that you have for if you are Michelle Kang and this ownership. You have the trust of the players. They backed you in this whole, with this whole, in this whole process. You gain the trust of, of the fans a lot more. So I guess making it come full circle by getting your own training facility, not in Loudoun County per se. The DMV is pretty big. You could get this training facility anywhere in Virginia, possibly Maryland. Hell, even with the limited space, somewhere in DC, you can you can make it happen now with with, uh, with this whole with with this whole new new ownership group now that they're going to move forward away from this from the situation and have a lot more stability moving forward right and i will say this and it was kind of you could kind of tell that the owners were playing nice at the end but Michelle Kang mentioned in a press release and i'll end with this that you know Steve Baldwin did do a lot to get the team where it is today. And I'll remind everyone that the previous ownership wanted to stay at the soccerplex, weren't even thinking about playing at Audi Field when the original plans at Audi Field were to include a women's soccer team. So do that what you will. Um, you know, it's good that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, we're happy that this is gone, that, that this was done and that Baldwin is leaving the team, but not saying, hey, you did more good than bad. I'm just saying, let's not forget what good was done. Yes, a lot of negative, sh you know, I'm not going to say the cuss word, but a lot of negative things happened towards the end. But, you know, this club did advance, and one can argue it's going to be one of those ownerships that we'll look back on and go, Hey, they at least went to Audi. They 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 treated it, you know, world class. Was ambitious. Was willing to do things other ownerships weren't doing. Um, even going to get controversies like going to Qatar, <laughs> but it's something that no NWSL team has done before and probably won't do after because of the optics. But it was challenging challenging the norms and sometimes you need to do that when you're trying to be a different club than all the rest and sometimes we get as fans we like it when our clubs do something do something different than what's being done by other clubs and that's what kind of sets this league apart and the mls apart from other sports leagues the teams want to do different things from each other and that's a good thing at the end of the day that you have one club that wants to play one style one club that wants to play another style one ownership wants to have a deal with Qatar. The other one doesn't give a sh about Qatar. So, you know, it, it's it's good to see the different clubs and the different atmospheres. And 
I hope that Michelle, with this female-led group, brings in a different style, different approach that isn't just receptive to the players, but is receptive by the clubs, receptive by the players, receptive by the fans, and receptive by the area in general, the D.C. region in general, so that everybody comes out and supports the spirit. Right, and finally, with everything out of the way, you can now have tunnel vision and go to the grander scheme of things when the Spirit brought all their this ownership group in at the start of last year, if I'm not mistaken, or this year. World domination, baby. World domination. <laughs> World domination, indeed. Well, that's enough for us. Uh, before we let you go, Mario, tell people where they can find more about you. All right, if you want to find out what I'm working on or just want to hear me yammer about stuff, you can follow me on Twitter, at MarioMaya1. You can follow El Tiempo Latino, too, on El Tiempo Latino. If you want to know what's going on in the world or the D- or in the DMV, you can also go on their website, ElTiempoLatino.com. And if you want me, if you want to contribute to pet for, or you want to contribute to helping me buy Jose's belated birthday gift, that's right. Happy belated gir- birthday, sir. Thanks. You can go to you can go newsstand or metro station today. I apologize. You can tell that we're all rusty when I'm running a full note of places to edit the show. But in any event, uh, the audience won't hear that. In any event, um, you can always follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mana for more. Special shout out as always to Carol McLeod and Patek for the intro music. Remember, rate and subscribe as always. Anchor, Spotify, all your audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to Battle Birds FC Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Adios.